Amen. Thank you, Miss Debbie. It is our prayer that the Lord Jesus would abide with us, and He invites us into an abiding relationship with Him. He's the one who gives us life, and He offers us the opportunity in Him and through faith in Him to live this life that He has given to us on earth in His presence. Everywhere we go, no matter where we go, we can go with Him. If we believe in Him and if we walk with Him by faith. If you have a Bible with you this morning, I invite you to open it up to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 25 through 59 this morning as I preach to you on this subject, the bread of life. The bread of life. John chapter 6, verses 25 through 59. It is a blessing to be able to serve as pastor, and in particular, it's a blessing to be able to serve as a a Baptist pastor, and especially a Baptist pastor here. And I'll tell you one reason why. I won't give you all of the reasons, but at least one reason why this morning. Baptist ladies know how to make homemade bread. I'm telling you, man, they do. There were days years ago when I was serving as children's minister that I'd walk into my office and there would be a fresh sourdough loaf baked and placed there on my desk uh, for Miss Tommy Tolson. Or when Janet Smith was our administrative assistant in the office, she would bake loaves of bread and give them away. I've been able to eat some that Miss Barbara Gibbons has made. Woo, it's good. Miss Vicki Mitchell makes it. A lot of you ladies know how to bake bread. Those loaves of fresh sourdough bread, aren't they just wonderful? Man, they're hot. You slice it, put just a little butter on top of it. Man, you don't have to have butter, do you? It's just good. It's good. Jesus talked to his disciples and really to a crowd of people at a synagogue in the city of Capernaum one day about bread. And in particular about the bread of life. And he was speaking about bread because people in his day and time knew not just how good bread tasted, but how necessary it was for life. It was a staple food in Jesus' day and time. You were just expecting to sit down and eat bread with any meal that you were going to have throughout the day. In fact, bread oftentimes would serve as the meal itself. For those who didn't have and couldn't afford much. So in John chapter 6 when Jesus began talking about the bread of life. People understood what he was saying. And in fact it's Jesus' talk about the bread of life. That occurs just after he provided these very same people with bread to eat the day prior. If you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about Jesus performing a miracle for over 5,000 people who had gathered to listen to him teach when he multiplied five little pieces of bread, probably the size of our modern-day pita, and two little fish in order to feed that multitude of people. And here's what happened in John chapter 6, verse 25. And when they found him, that is the crowd found Jesus, on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, 
Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set His seal on Him. The bread of life gives life to those who eat of it. The bread of life gives life to those who eat of it. That's really the main point of Jesus' teaching here in this passage, and it's the main point of my preaching today. So if the bread of life gives life to those who eat of it, I mean, first we might want to ask this question and get an answer to this question. What is the bread of life? What is the bread of life? Jesus is talking about it. He's encouraging and challenging these people to get it. So what is this bread of life? This crowd of people that Jesus was teaching at the synagogue in Capernaum came to hear and to see Jesus, not just so they could get more of His spiritual teaching because they loved listening to Him teach, but they had eaten and eaten to the full. Many of these people were common people who really didn't know where they were going to get their bread from from day to day. And so they came to Jesus seeking food, wanting Him to fill up their bellies. And Jesus challenged them on this point. He says, you came to me to get more food to eat, but I have come to give you spiritual food to satisfy your soul. The Gospel of John records eight miraculous signs that point to Jesus as the Christ, as God's anointed one who has the power to do everything that God can do because Jesus himself is God in human flesh. Up to this point, John had recorded five of these miraculous signs. Jesus turned water into wine back in John chapter 2 verses 1 through 12. He healed a nobleman's sick son back in John chapter 4 verses 46 through 54. He had healed the lame man at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. He had fed the 5,000 in John chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. And as we saw last week, he had walked on top of the water and calmed the wind and the waves. John chapter 6, verses 15 through 21. Each of these miracles carried with it a message. And that's why John calls these miracles signs. They are things that point to Jesus. They're not just meant to be events in themselves that make us say, wow, but they're meant to be events that make us say, who did that? And the answer is Jesus. Jesus is the Christ. We are to believe in the miracles that they actually happened. But more importantly, we are to trust in Jesus, the one who performed those miracles. Evidently, there were some who did not place their faith in the Savior Himself, but rather in the signs that He performed. They wanted more food to eat. But Jesus had given them not just food to eat, but truth to believe Truth by which they were to live. 
Let me explain it with this illustration, and I've used it before. Hopefully, it'll make sense to you. If you're driving down the highway, and you all of a sudden become hungry, you want to stop and eat, and you see off the side of the interstate this really big, tall sign on top of a black pole, and it's, it's got a, a red trapezoid at the bottom of it, and it's got two golden arches in the shape of an M. What does that mean? McDonald's, right? I mean, we're used to that sign. We see it, and we know I can go get French fries. And if you ask for them hot, they're not quite as good as Baptist Ladies Homemade Bread, but they're good, man. They're bad for you, but they're good. Let me ask you this question. If, if you see this sign on the side of the interstate, do you pull off the interstate and go stand underneath that sign and expect hot fries to just fall into your mouth? Is that what you do? No. The sign points you in the direction to go get fries, to go get a, a burger, if you can call it that, all right? To go get food from McDonald's. None of us would go stand underneath the Golden Arches sign and expect French fries to just fall into our mouths. But when people kept looking at these miracles as the end-all, be-all, that's exactly what they were doing spiritually. Do you understand? They weren't going past the sign and going to Jesus. They were stopping at the sign and thinking, that's all we need. They thought, all we need is just this bread and this fish to fill up our bellies. If we have that, life will be perfectly fine. Jesus says, no, you've missed the point. I didn't just come to give you the things that you want on this earth. I came to give you the things that you need for eternity. Yes, I did this miracle. But this miracle had a message. Jesus had come to give eternal life. Not an endless supply of baked bread and smoked fish. So here's how we apply this spiritually. If you are just seeking Jesus so that he can make your life better here on earth for a few years, you have missed the point in coming to Christ. Jesus did not come to this earth so you could have more money. Jesus did not come to this earth so that you could pay your bills. Jesus did not come to this earth so that you could live in perfect health and not have to worry about sickness. Jesus did not come to this earth so that you could drive a nicer car or live in a bigger house or take a better vacation. Do you understand? Jesus came to this earth so that you could have eternal life. Jesus blesses his followers. Jesus answers prayers to provide and to heal. I have no doubt about that. But folks, if you're just following Jesus so that you can get what you want, you're treating Jesus like a genie in a bottle or like a rabbit's foot in your pocket, not as the Son of God who came from heaven to save your soul. You hear me? These people were treating Jesus like a magic man who could fulfill their wishes. And Jesus said, that's not why I came. Jesus is the bread of life. 
What is the bread of life? It's Jesus himself. Jesus himself is the bread of life. The bread of life gives life to those who eat of it. If we want life, we have to come to Jesus. Jesus is the bread of life. That answers the first question. But how do we get the bread of life? If Jesus is the bread of life, how do do we get this bread? We continue on with Jesus' teaching in verses 28 through 34. Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? You know, Jesus said, don't labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that doesn't perish. So they said, well, what do we have to do? In order to get this bread of life, what can we do to work the works of God? Verse 29, Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, Well, what sign will you perform then, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Isn't that ironic? I mean, Jesus had just performed a sign the day before and fed them all. From five loaves of bread. And still they're asking, hey, hey, can you do it again? What sign are you really going to give to prove to us that you're the bread of life? Verse 31, they said, our fathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. But my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. How do we obtain physical bread to eat? I mean, some of us just do the simple thing, right? We work a job, we earn money, we go to the store, we buy it. Or we hope that a really good Baptist lady is listening to Jake preach today and they bake us a a loaf and bring it by, right? We have to harvest the grain. After we've harvested the, the grain, then we have to mix some ingredients together. If you're making a homemade sourdough loaf, you have to let it rise. You have to knead it, roll it out, put it in the pan, Bake it in the oven, and then it comes out. You have to work. I mean, no no matter how you obtain physical bread in this world, you you work. You either work a job to provide enough money to buy the bread that you need, or you harvest it. If after you've you've bought the ingredients, you have to work to, to make the dough and to actually bake the loaf of bread. But how do we How do we get the bread of life, the spiritual bread, Jesus himself that he's talking about? This works a little bit differently than obtaining bread that we eat with our mouths. We do not obtain the bread of life through our own good works. The only way we get the true bread from heaven is by faith. In order to obtain physical bread, we have to work to purchase it. Not so with the bread of life. We simply must have faith. Did you see what Jesus said in verse 29? This is the work of God that you believe in Him whom He sent. God is the one who provides. He gives it to us. 
Verses 32 and 33. Most assuredly I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Back in the Old Testament, the people of Israel had left the land of Egypt where they were slaves. And God had brought them through the Red Sea after performing ten miraculous signs proving that He was more powerful than the God of Egypt, gods of Egypt. That He was the one true God in heaven. And that He loved His people and that He was going to provide for them and protect them. God was going to lead them into the promised land, but the people doubted God's promise and doubted His power. And they ended up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And as they're wandering in the wilderness, they began to complain because they were hungry. They didn't have enough food to eat. And they said, God, it would have been better if you just left us in Egypt. Even though we were slaves, at least we had bread to eat. And the Father in heaven, because they had doubted His promise, gave them food to eat. Miraculously, the Lord showered down every morning for them to go and gather, except on the Sabbath day, manna on the ground. The Bible says in the Old Testament books of Exodus and Numbers, where it talks about manna, that the children of Israel would go out in the mornings and they would gather the manna and form it and shape it into to dough and bake it like little cakes. And they didn't know what it was. And so they, they called it in Hebrew manna, which means what is it? So every day to eat, they had what is it? So the next time your kids bother you and ask you what are we having for dinner, you can just say, what is it? It'll be fun. The children of Israel ate this manna in the wilderness for 40 years. God provided it for them. And they bring this up to Jesus. Jesus, in the Old Testament, our forefathers could follow Moses because, you know, God provided this manna for them. What, what sign are you going to provide so that we follow you? Jesus goes, guys, you, you missed the point. Moses didn't give you the true bread from heaven. The Father gave that to your forefathers. God is giving you something else and something better than manna. God is giving you the bread of life. And you can't work to obtain this bread. You simply have to receive it by faith. By faith. And that's the problem for a lot of people. They may want the bread of life. They may even say, as these Jews did in verse 34, Lord, give us this bread always. But they try on their own to get the bread of life. They try to do enough good things to earn eternal life. They think it's got to be more than just trusting Jesus to forgive me of my sins. But it's not. It's simply coming to Him in faith, believing that He has provided everything that we need through His Son Jesus Christ to give us the forgiveness of sins and eternal life in His name. I want you to understand that sometimes having faith in God is even harder than working in the flesh. Because we think we have to do something to get, to earn, to deserve the bread of life. The problem with us as people so often is we don't realize how important it is to solely 
depend and rely upon God. We get the bread of life, which is Jesus, by faith alone. By faith alone. God in His grace has given us His Son. And the only way to eat of the bread of life is to simply receive God's grace by faith. The bread of life gives life to those who eat of it. So if Jesus is the bread of life, and we get the bread of life through faith, we might need to ask the question, why do we need the bread of life in the first place? We see this in verses 35 through, thir- through 40, the, the answer to the question, why do we need the bread of life? Verse 35, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all that of all that he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Why do we need the bread of life? Baked bread is baked for people to eat, right? People eat because their bodies hunger. Bodies hunger because they need nourishment in order to survive. It's an amazing process that God has ordained, isn't it? You guys ever experienced that belly growling? And you go, man, I'm hungry. I need to put some food into my system. If you don't eat, what happens? If you don't eat, what happens? Simple question. You die. If you do not eat, you will not live. In a spiritual sense, Jesus came as the bread of life for us to eat so that we can live. We feast upon Christ because our souls hunger and thirst. Our souls hunger and thirst because we need the spiritual nourishment of righteousness in order to live spiritually. If we do not eat the bread of life, then we will not live spiritually. I mean, it's that simple. Why do we need the bread of life? Because we can't live spiritually without it. There's no possible way. We need the bread of life in order to live spiritually. The bread of life gives life to those who eat of it. Say, okay, Jake. Jesus is the bread of life. I get this bread of life by believing that he is the bread of life. Believing in him. And I need the bread of life in in order that I can have life. But Jake, what happens if if I don't want the bread of life? If I want to go somewhere else to try to receive this spiritual life so that I can live eternally? 
and have forgiveness of sins? What if I don't want to come to Jesus? What if I don't like that bread? Let me answer that question for you because Jesus does in verses 41 through 51. What happens if we reject the bread of life? We say we don't want it. Because this is basically what the Jews say in verse 41. The Jews then complained about him. Ironically, that Greek word complained is the same word the Old Testament uses in the Septuagint when their forefathers complained about all the manna that they had to eat in the wilderness. The manna is a picture in the Old Testament of Christ in the New Testament. So just like their forefathers complained about the manna, now these Jews are complaining about Jesus being the bread of life. They complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, do not murmur among yourselves. This is also interesting that that word murmur can be translated grumblings. It's the same word used in the Old Testament in the Septuagint in Exodus and Numbers when the people grumbled and complained and murmured under their breath to Moses and to God in the Old Testament because they didn't like the manna. Now they don't like Jesus, right? So Jesus says, don't murmur among yourselves, verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Have you ever not liked something that your mother or your wife cooked? I'm going to be honest. She can't kill me while I'm preaching. It'll be okay, right? I'll tell you that story sometime too if you want to hear it. But it's time to eat dinner. You don't desire what's set in front of you. It's just kind of like this. Some of you grew up in households where if you didn't like what was on the table, you went to the pantry and you got something else out to eat. Others of you grew up in households where if you didn't eat what mom cooked, you didn't eat. How many of you grew up in those households? Man, the world would be a whole lot better place, I think, if we still did that, wouldn't it? God doesn't force you to eat the bread of life. But I want you to understand, He does not give you a second option. There's no spiritual peanut butter in heaven's pantry for those to spoon out because they don't want to eat the bread of life. It's not there. Do you hear me? I mean, listen, there are people who will say, well, man, I I want heaven. I want forgiveness of sins. I want eternal life. I want peace. But I don't want to come to Jesus and give him everything. Folks, that's the only way you get peace. 
It's the only way you get forgiveness. It's the only way you get heaven. It's the only way you get eternal life is if you come to God through Jesus, his son. It's interesting to me. I mean, three times in just the section of verses that we read, Jesus says that he is the bread of life. Verse 41, verse 48, verse 51. There's simply no way around it. If you do not eat the bread of life, then you will die in the malnourishment of your own unrighteousness and unbelief. Jesus is so much better than what we think we want for ourselves. These people wanted manna, like back in the old days of their forefathers. That miraculous substance provided on the ground for them every morning in Exodus and Numbers. But note three things that are interesting about their complaint, about their murmuring. Having to spiritually eat the bread of life instead of getting physical manna. We see these three things in verse 49. First, their fathers didn't have faith. You know the only reason that those people got to eat manna in the Old Testament is because they didn't have enough faith to get into the promised land where they could have been living in a land flowing with milk and honey. That's the only reason they got to eat manna in the first place. And in fact, they got tired of eating it because they had to eat it every day. Why? Because they didn't have enough faith to believe that God was going to provide for them and protect them. Jesus says, you guys want manna? Your fathers had to eat that stuff because they didn't believe. Why don't you just believe me? I'm the bread of life. This is a whole lot better than manna. The second ironic thing I want you to note is that manna came during the wilderness wanderings. They had to wander around in the wilderness without homes, without cities, without a destination for 40 years. How many of you like going on vacation and getting away for a little while? Man, I, I do. How many of you like coming back home after vacation? Oh man, even the people that didn't like vacation like coming back home after vacation. It's just nice, isn't it? These people didn't have a home. That's why they had to eat the manna. Jesus said, I, I've come to give you something better. You don't have to wander around aimlessly if you come to me. I give you purpose and direction for your life. And, and I also want you to notice this. This is the third ironic thing. The, their fathers didn't have faith. Manna came in the wilderness wanderings. And here's the third ironic thing. All the dudes that ate it died. Look at verse 49. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they're dead. Don't you want something better than death? Jesus said, I've come to give you something better. But these people rejected him. And I want you to understand. If we reject the bread of life. Then we die eternally. If we reject the bread of life. We die eternally. What is the bread of life? It's, it's Jesus. How do we receive this bread? It's by faith. Why do we need the bread? Because it gives us eternal life. What happens if we reject the bread? We die. We don't get eternal life. We die in our own unbelief. But Jesus 
finished out his teaching in verses 52 through 59. And he answers this question. What happens when we receive the bread of life? If we reject the bread of life, we die eternally. So what happens when we receive the bread of life? Verse 52. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. What happens when we receive the bread of life? These Jewish people had a real problem with Jesus' teaching. Just like Nicodemus had taken Jesus' analogy about being born again in chapter 3 verse 4 to an absurd extreme and asked, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into his mother's womb a second time and be born? So these Jews at the synagogue in Capernaum wondered why Jesus was asking them to become cannibals and vampires. How can we eat your flesh? How can we drink your blood? This is weird. This is beyond weird. This is gross. When we stop and think about what Jesus came to do and what he actually accomplished on the cross, then it makes a little more sense to us as believers, doesn't it? In fact, if you remember later on in Jesus' ministry, he's gathered with his disciples in the upper room to observe the Passover feast. But as they are observing the Passover feast, Jesus instituted a new practice. He lifted up the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take it and eat it. And then later on during the supper, he lifted up the cup. And he said, this cup containing the fruit of the vine represents my blood, which is shed for you. You drink it. Jesus came to die. And when he died on the cross, and if we believe that he died on the cross, that his body was broken for us, that his blood was shed for us, if we believe that, then we live. That's what happens when we receive the bread of life. In fact, next Sunday morning in our worship service, we're going to observe the Lord's Supper. We're going to eat the bread. And we're going to drink from the cup and remember Jesus who died for our sins. In fact, every time that we observe the Lord's Supper, we put into practice in a tangible way this principle that Jesus was preaching about. We remind ourselves that we trust only in Jesus whose body was broken and whose blood was shed to forgive us of our sins and give us eternal life. And it's only those who have truly believed that message and have followed up with a public profession of faith and baptism, like those girls were this morning, that eat the bread and drink the cup. But why do we do that? 
Why don't we just give the Lord's Supper to people walking down the street? Because it's only those who eat of the bread of life that have eternal life. And anybody can have eternal life. But you don't get eternal life by eating a little cracker and drinking from a little cup. You get eternal life by believing in Jesus. And if you haven't believed in Jesus, there's no reason to think that you're going to receive eternal life by going through a ritual. But if you have believed in Jesus, there is every reason when we observe the Lord's Supper to be thankful that Jesus came and laid down His life for us. He laid down His life so that we could have life. What happens when we receive the bread of life? When we receive the bread of life, we live forever. Isn't that wonderful? We don't die in our sins. We receive forgiveness of our sins. We don't spend eternity separated from God. We spend eternity with God. We don't have to go to hell and suffer punishment. We get to go to heaven and be in peace. When we receive the bread of life into our lives by faith, when we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose again, when we call upon Him as Lord, we receive life. The bread of life gives life to those who eat of it. So here's my question as I close this morning. Have you eaten of the bread of life? Have you eaten of the bread of life? I'm not asking you if you've come to church on a regular basis. I'm not asking you if you've been baptized. I'm not asking you if you observe the Lord's Supper. I'm not asking you if you pray every once in a while. I'm not asking you if you read the Bible. I'm not asking you if you put money in the offering plate. I'm not asking you if your name is on a church roll as a member. I am asking you, have you believed that Jesus Christ is the bread of life and He's the only one who can truly give you spiritual life? And if you're here this morning and you've never believed in Him, it's time. It's time to simply come to Him in faith, believing that He died on the cross for your sins and that He rose again. It's time for you to give your life to Him as the Lord that He is so that he can give life to you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? In just a moment, the praise team is going to play a, a song of invitation. And as they play this song, I invite you to respond to God as he's spoken to your heart this morning. That's why we call it an invitation song. God is inviting you to respond to him. Jesus offers you the bread of life. This is the time when you take it. If you're here this morning and you have not ever eaten of the bread of life, the invitation is simple. Come and eat of this bread and receive life in His name. I'll be standing down here in the front. If you need to speak with me, you come down here and speak with me. This altar will be open for you to come and kneel in prayer. Maybe you need to pray this morning for a family member or a friend who's still not eaten of the bread of life. That they would come to Christ in faith. Maybe even that God would give you the opportunity to talk with them this week 
about Jesus being the bread of life who can give life to them if they'll believe in Him. Maybe you need to make another decision today. Perhaps you are already a Christian. You've believed in Jesus, but you've not been baptized. Maybe you just need to walk down here and say, Jacob, I need to be baptized. Maybe you're a Christian and you've been baptized, but you don't have a church home, a place where you can grow in your faith and serve the Lord. Maybe you just need to walk down here and say, Jake, I've been saved and I've been baptized, but I don't have a church home. I need a church home and I want First Baptist Walnut Ridge to be my church home. Maybe you're here this morning and Jesus is the bread of life, but you've been feasting on the things of this world. And maybe you just need to stop going to those things that don't give you life and repent of that sin and turn back to Jesus and allow Him to give you life. If you need to repent of sin, you come this morning and ask God for forgiveness. He'll forgive you. Maybe this morning God has put on your heart that He is calling you to the gospel ministry. That He is calling you to offer bread to those who are spiritually hungry. Maybe God's calling you as a missionary to the nations to leave this world behind and to follow Him. Maybe He's calling you to surrender to preach. As God calls you today, would you respond to Him?